We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Please stand clear of the doors. So we're here on the monorail. You know, it's winter here in Florida, if you can call it winter, which makes me think of Disney on ice. Really? It makes me think of the Olympics, which I heard is coming up. Hey, wasn't there a Hanna-Barbera on ice? Or was that Warner Brothers? Guys, I missed the Disney store. Wait, are we not doing Disney on ice, guys? What's going on here? Welcome to episode 137 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Today we will be giving the His on Disney on Ice. So before we get to the history on Disney on Ice, uh, I just want to mention, you know, last week, our cutting room floor. Alex, how many cutting room floors did we have? We had about like eight, didn't we? It was like five, I think, yeah. I've been way off on numbers. I think it was another so seven minutes of that. I think it was like Clearly. seven to eight minutes of the episode that we had to cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is awesome, right? Because there there are pretty good clips in there. Some risky uh, so stuff. If you're, <laughs> if you're wanting to get access to those cutting room floor episodes, live episodes, which you know we have a bunch of patrons here with us today. We have Chewy here with us, Ryan, Steve, Tara, Adam. I think that's everyone. Did I, did I miss anyone? I think that's everyone. Hey, thank you guys for listening. If you want to join us for our live episodes, you know, support the show. Uh, at the end of the month, our patrons who are listening right now, they don't, and no one really knows this, but we're going to be giving away some merch, uh, some Diz His merchandise at the end of the month. Also, we'll be giving away a wax mount from Three Chicky Chicks at the end of the month. So if you're interested, you know, in supporting the show for as low as $2 a month, you can go ahead and join our Patreon. Just go to DizHiz.com, D-I-Z-H-I-Z.com. On the very, very top, you can see the link to the Goof Troop. Click on that, and you can join us and uh, join in on our craziness that we that we have. Shenanigans. Um, so, what'd you say? I said shenanigans. Yeah, our shenanigans. Also, you can call us. You can call us 707-842-0345. Once again, 707-842-0345. And you can call us and share a memory. What? What, what are you guys shaking your head for? That's because so funny. You sound like like a 1980s radio DJ. <laughs> I like how you Why? repeated the number. Like no one can pause it and rewind it. <laughs> it is. It's Listen. like call the request line at seven eight zero five 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 one two three four to request your favorite I... top 1984 song. Well, this is better than that because I want to hear your memory. I want to hear your, Dis- your Disney memory because that's what makes Disney special. Is you get to sh- have these memories. You know, I've been getting messages on social media. You know about your memories on certain things. I, I want to hear your memory. What's so funny, guys? What are you guys I laughing hear, at? I want to hear some hate mail as well. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, I'd love to hear <laughs> yeah, some I'll, hate mail. I'll share it. That'll be on the cutting room floor if we get some hate mail. Hate mail. I'm su- listen. I'm not even joking with you. Like I gave this number out a couple weeks ago. I'm surprised Ryan has not tried to call this number and leave us hate mail. <laughs> Let's talk about Disney on Ice, right? So what do you guys think about Disney on Ice, Jen? We kind of talked about this. Jen and I, we had dinner yesterday. We kind of talked about it. What do you think, Jen? Well, here's what happened. 
when he says we had dinner, this is what happened. We start just having a normal conversation at dinner and it's Joe and his wife and I and the kids. And then all of a sudden we start talking about this and like 30 seconds in Joe, like shuts it down. Like we can't talk about this. This is content for the show. Right. And that's it. it. We had to change. We had had to change the subject because we couldn't talk about it. So let me continue what I was saying yesterday. Do you remember? Do you actually remember? I do. Just pick up where you left off. We'll catch up. I'm going to, I'm going to actually pull like the Alex card today. Oh, okay. What card is that? I am not really interested in Disney on ice at all. Wow. Yeah, and, and we kind of talked about this. And the reason why is because we have Disney right here. So we can go to Disney whenever we want, pretty much, right? And I mean, but then we kind of also talked about it. Disney's not everywhere. So when Disney's on on ice is like in Utah or wherever else, you know, where there's no Disney, people want to go to see Disney on ice. They want to go see because it's Disney and it's on ice, right? I have a way different perspective. <laughs> I heard it is. Jen. <laughs> what's, your pers- what's your perspective? So living in New Jersey, when Disney on ice would come in the area, it was very cool because, you know, like you said, we didn't have Disney near us. Like, I mean, yeah. even going to the Disney store when we were little was uh, was a treat because it was kind of just like a little slice of Disney. And my parents took us to Disney on ice probably a couple of times when we were younger. Um, and it was we loved it because it was like having Disney, you know, in, the, you know, up here in the Northeast, which is really neat. How about you, Alex? It was Philly, uh, Tara, not New Jersey. It did not come to New Jersey. I did the history on this, but I don't know anything about Disney and Ice. Never watched a video on it and still haven't watched a video because I forgot to watch a video this week. So I really know nothing about Disney and Ice, to be honest, which is fine because I imagine you guys know quite a You guys have seen Disney and Ice, I imagine, in your lifetime. I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen like video of it. Okay, you've seen video. Chris, have you seen it live? When I was about five. Okay, so about 10 years ago. And then Jin. (laughs) Jin, have you seen it? No. But you've seen videos of it. Uh, Nope. Oh, okay. And, you know, for for reference, I believe it does come around here. Does it really? I'm pretty sure that I remember when my daughter was little, like commercials or something like that. But it was never something that we jumped on now my wife has told me that we're going to be going to disney ice eventually really yeah so apparently she thinks our kids well at least you don't have to walk around you can just sit i said do i have to go (laughs) and she said maybe i said if i cannot go that'd be great why do you want to go why would you not want to go i don't know you like like to do things but but there's a lot of lines it costs money yeah (laughs) there's the two things right there it's slightly terrifying if you look at jen's background finding nemo characters are are horrifying to look at the fact that nemo and dory i thought would be good face characters is is very scary why didn't they just put them all in costume like every other animated thing back there (laughs) so so then here's my question for you chris yes since you're the only person who's witnesses was this like growing up was this like a big thing like you know disney on ice is coming to town everybody's talking about it who's the bougie kid that you know got like the big package or you know came home with all the souvenirs from it like was this like big thing people talked about so i can't talk too much about this because it's in my upcoming book coming out this fall I have a whole chapter written on Disney on ice, but I will give you guys a little preview. When Disney on ice did come into town, it was, um, I was too young. I don't even know if I had, um, was in school yet when I went, 
Um, so I don't remember talking to friends about it, but when we went, I remember getting like the, uh, you know, a souvenir wand or something. One of those, it wasn't a wand, but it was one of those things that the lights go around lighter? on and stuff. It was not, it was definitely not a lighter, but it was a gateway drug to a lighter, Alex. It was a, it did light up and there was a switch on it. So whenever anything came in town, it was fun. It was, uh, I, we used to go to the circus, um, and we used to go to Sesame, Sesame street tour too. And we would do the Sesame street shows. But it was cool because, um, I mean, there's no amusement parks in the area that we can go to that are like, you know, within an hour away. We went down the shore, but um, had to have like something big like a Sesame Street or a Disney come up to, you know, Philly was uh, a big deal for kids for sure. And, and my mom always made it a point to try to get tickets for special shows like that when they came in the area. That's cool. You say that. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a little kid living in Illinois and going and seeing Sesame Street Live. And that was a big thing. That was a flex, you know, when you went to school the next day and you said that, but I don't remember anything else. So maybe it is a regional thing, but like I said, I remember seeing it down here. I don't remember the last time it was here. I I do think it still does come here regularly. Like whenever they do tour, I think that they always stop in Philly. I don't know anybody that's gone to see it besides me. Um, I also haven't asked anyone like, Hey, did you see the most recent Disney on ice? It's not something (laughs) I usually talk about. But um, Tara in chat is saying that she has gone and seen Disney on Ice, and I know that she's a huge fan of it. She, she recommended us it. do this episode. You're right. And if Tara, if you could say where you went to go see it, I would assume New York. We're in New York. Yeah, New York City. But yeah, it's is it. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out when we get to the history if it's something that still regularly tours and if COVID hit it or not. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, was it was. I remember liking it a lot. I was at the age where it was. It was cool. What's the recipe for fun? Take a dash of Snow White, One Little Mermaid, a huge helping of color, 80, 90, 101 Dalmatians, shake, and add ice. It's Disney on Ice. See Disney Plus. Let's get to the his on Disney on Ice. Show the whole family will love. It's the recipe for fun, and it's the hottest thing on ice. Disney on Ice is a touring ice show featuring all the Disney characters. The first Disney-themed ice skating show was in 1949. The larger-than-life Disney characters, princes and princesses, tore around the world presenting an extravaganza on ice skates. The lights, colors, and high-quality ice skating makes Disney on Ice one of the leading ice shows in the world. Wow, so one of our patrons, Ryan, he said his wife and him used to go every year. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's cool. pretty crazy. So I'm sure we're going to get more into this, you know, when we talk about the history. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it a new show every year? Yeah, they do change. They change the um, what is the word? They change the like the characters in the show, the story, the plot. Yeah, they change that stuff every year. Okay. Theme. There it is. Theme is a good word. I just wow. thought of from my brain. <laughs> I didn't read it in you, chat. That's for sure. You know what I just remembered too the 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 biggest show that I almost wanted to go see it. The biggest show that came to Philly, Disney related. Uh, recently, I don't remember Disney on Ice being the area, but there was this Marvel show that was touring. Really, it was like a Mar- it was a Marvel stunt show, and it was a lot of the superheroes fighting. I don't know who it was, I forget, but it looked pretty interesting. So I wonder. I think if they had the Hulk. They they did have the Hulk. It was the Avengers. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember who they were fighting or not, but um, but yeah, I wonder if that's something else that they're going to start doing. It, it, you know, maybe. I don't know if maybe Disney on Ice is losing popularity, so they're they're pivoting to something else, or if they both you know exist together. I'm not sure, but that was like before COVID. That was the the biggest show that was in the area. That was around here too. They came to Orlando. 
they had, was they it? had that show. Yeah, I, I remember. Toward, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would wonder, love to take kids to that show. I wonder if, is it that we feel like Disney on Ice is kind of dated? Like it's it's something from, you know, the 80s, 90s kind of thing, and we're moving on to different shows? I don't know. Uh, uh, I still think it's popular. Uh, maybe not so much around this area. But just like you were saying, it's kind of a big thing in other areas that don't have Disney like right right up the road from them, for sure. I mean, if you put anything Disney in some areas around the country, people are going to go to it. What'd you say, Jet? What's so funny? You said we should switch to Disney on fire. (laughs) (laughs) The Disney family loved ice skating and skiing. Walt would take his family on winter vacations to ski and skate. So, of course, this love of his made it into his cartoons. In 1928, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit strapped on some skates and the short sleigh bells. In 1935, Mickey and Minnie both ice skated in the short on ice. In 1949, Disney characters stepped on the ice live in person in the Ice Capade show Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The world-renowned Ice Capades, which started in 1940, was a touring show on ice, much like the Ice Follies. These shows starred Olympic skating champions and trick skaters with huge pageant sequences. They now donned the Disney costumes, accompanied by Disney music, songs, and character dialogue. In 1950, Ice Capades Disney debuted Walt Disney's toy shop starring Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Dumbo, Pinocchio, and Pluto. In 1955, Disney was set to open Disneyland, but he realized, as the day for the grand opening was approaching, that the guests and viewers were going to expect Mickey to be there live and in person. Walt called the Ice Capades, who sent the performers, without their ice skates, to perform as Mickey and the gang. They even met guests for photos. Walt always liked the ice capades utilizing Disney licensing because it helped with merchandise sales, but it also helped keep the characters in the public eye and on their minds. In 1957, Ice Capades Disney performed the newest show Disneyland starring Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Pluto, along with Chip and Dale, the Three Little Pigs, and Pinocchio. In 1967, the Ice Capades began a long-term agreement with Hanna-Barbera, leaving Disney out of the ice show business. It wasn't until the early 80s that Disney characters would ice skate again. Well, there you go. Walt with marketing ahead of his time, honestly. Because if you have, you know, you've got these characters touring and just like you said, you know, making it a big deal, then why don't we go ahead and bug mommy and daddy to take us to go see where Mickey and Minnie live over at Disneyland? Yeah, for sure. The more I think about it, because, you know, just talking about this, it comes off as kind of corny and, you know, you know, really on ice, how, what other way would they be able to get these characters to tour? I don't, I don't really see, like, I can't see them doing a Broadway tour thing, incorporating all the characters and it being that entertaining. I think probably having them on ice skates, doing some sort of show with maybe singing and, and, you know, and, and, and dancing and stuff like that. I think that's probably the best way to tour these people. And like you said, Jen, like it's, it's a great infomercial to like, Hey, you know, you want to see some more come on down. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it'll ever go out of style because I think it is always exciting when Disney comes to your town. How about Disney on Segways? Disney on Segways <laughs> might be might be pretty entertaining. Maybe hot Disney yoga or hot yoga Disney. Get some cardio classes. Fitness fitness Disney. Disney on inline skates. Now that would be Ooh. extreme. <laughs> Disney roller derby. That sounds like something straight out of the nineties. <laughs> WWE Disney. There you go. Here's my questions is so Disney, you know, at this point, 
in the fifties here. So this company has been around for already, you know, 40 years, 30 years, something like that. So, and have already, you know, a proven track record. So what makes the ice capades pen a long-term agreement with Hanna-Barbera who doesn't have any kind of footprint anywhere other than I'm assuming at this point, just cartoons, you know, they're not associated with any kind of park or anything. So what would make them, I, I mean, I guess it would just be money, right? Yeah, it has to be money. I have there's a little bit of next history about that, but I think mainly what you're saying is money, and I think that would be the correct answer. I would assume. And Hanna Barbera had more money than Disney back after Disneyland opened, or maybe Disney didn't want to put the money for it. Mm. Before we go into the next piece of history, I just want to kind of talk about like Disney and his love for like skiing and stuff like that. You know, you can definitely see it in some of his cartoon, some of the cartoons, right? Um, and I know I've mentioned this before. I so wish Disney had a like ski resort type thing because I would love to go there. That would be, it would have been, I, I think it would do well now, a ski resort, Disney. Sure, I just want to yeah. show you guys. I know if you're listening, you can't see it, but you can always join a Patreon, right? But my wife just got this bag right here. Uh, that is cool. Mini, and they're on a ski lift and it's really cool. Is that Loungefly? I don't know. Yes, it is. How do you know, Jen? Because I know. How does Chris know? Um, it's really cool. Big lounge fly guy. But it's super awesome. It's, it's uh, you know, and you can definitely see how much Disney really loved, you know, skiing and ice, you know, ice skating, because it's how much it's just featured in his, you know, in his work. Yeah. The Ice Capade's biggest competition was the Ice Follies, who actually premiered in 1937. While the Ice Capade started changing the performances for an older crowd, the Ice Follies continued appealing to families, with their segments based on Sesame Street. In 1979, Feld Entertainment purchased Holiday on Ice and the Ice Follies. Feld Entertainment is a family-owned live show production company that started originally with Ringling Bros and Barnum and Bailey's Circus in 1968. Both Ice Follies and Holiday on Ice were touring ice shows that featured elaborate production numbers. Feld Entertainment soon approached Disney about doing a Disney show on ice. The first production tour, Disney's World on Ice, produced by Feld Entertainment, debuted on July 14, 1981, to a sold-out crowd in the New Jersey Meadowlands. Walt Disney's daughter, Diane Disney Miller, attended the show and told Feld, my father would have loved this. All three shows were very successful, and by 1987, Disney's World on Ice launched its first international tour to Japan with the show Happy Birthday, Donald. By 1988, there were five different touring units, the Olympic ice skaters brought the skill, and the Disney storytelling brought the heart, combining for an extravaganza like no other. So are these shows, is it like a story? Or is it, you know, we're singing a Lion King number, and then we're singing a Nemo number? Like, how do I, these shows work? Do we know? From what I've heard, what, what I, I did a history on, it seems like there is a overall theme now, how they bring all these characters on ice at one point, I, I, I don't know. But like you said, they switched to Hanna-Barbera. Why they do that? They were trying to go towards more of an adult audience. Is Hanna-Barbera more adult than Disney? I don't know. Do they have adult jokes that like sail over kids' heads? I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Well, I mean, at one point, Hanna-Barbera was just as big as Disney. Right. I mean, everyone knew, knew who Looney Tunes and they were huge. They were huge. Right. That they had their own cruise boat special thing, whatever. You know, they were, I would say, even bigger than Disney at one point. You don't think so? Anna I mean, Barbera? Yeah, man. Saturday morning cartoons wasn't Disney. It wasn't until like the uh, 90s. Disney didn't really start getting big. Now I'm looking. Oh, look at that. You're right. Hanna Barbera did have a cruise. 
I know. Now the question is this, guys. Okay, is do you think Disney's overextending themselves, and now they don't have that exclusive feel anymore? It's not like, oh, you have the Disney Channel. So do you see what I'm trying to say? Are they are they getting to a point where it's kind of like, you know, Hanna Barbera was big because they over and, and they fell, right? Like the company fell. Not really fell. They're still around, but not as popular. Do you think Disney's going to get to that point? And Universal predicted that. What? I'm I, I'm I'm not understanding your theory. So, you know, are they, are you not going to get that feel anymore? Is Disney not as special anymore because of how much they're putting out? It's like they're, they're cramming every Disney's Disney. You know, we got all this, they're cramming out new shows. It's becoming too much is the question I'm asking. No, here's why. Because okay. there's so many different arms of Disney that mm-hmm. you're the, the popularity is there for different reasons. You know, perhaps you're not huge into the characters, you know, the Fab Five characters, but you are a gigantic Marvel fan. You're still going to go. You know, there are plenty of people every day that walk into California Adventure to check out Avengers Campus. They may go only for that. And, you know, they're not standing in line to go see any, you you know, Mickey or Minnie or anything else, but guess what? They still have your money, regardless of whether you go and spend eight hours at Avengers Campus or, you know, 10 hours roaming the park regularly. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have your Star Wars fans. And so, you know, they've made strategic moves over the years, regardless of um, whether you, you know, you liked or disliked, um, you know, Michael Eisner or Bob Iger. I don't think anyone disliked him, but, you know, they made strategic moves financially acquiring all of these different um, companies and to diversify them enough that it's not really jamming Disney down your throat. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I ask is because I love Disney. You know, I love going to Disney. I love Disney stuff is that I hope that I don't want them to see. I don't want to see them what happened to them or happened to to Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes. I don't want to see them that happen to Disney. That's pretty much where I'm going at. But I think they've diversified enough because, you know, Hanna-Barbera is, you know, a cartoon line. And so you have a little bit of merch and merch wasn't, I mean, I guess it was a little bit of a thing back then, but by doing movies. Now, if you go way back into the recesses of your brain, maybe you would remember an odd Hanna-Barbera movie, but it was more of a, you know, made for TV kind of special, but, you know, Disney is putting out feature length films and then there's the park and then, you know, the marketing to the kids with the ice capades, you know, mm-hmm. there you go. There's that big giant tie in. So Disney's world on ice changed its name to Disney and ice in 1998. In one, the show featured Buzz, Woody and the rest of the gang due to the release of Toy Story. Dozen three, the show was called Disney on Ice Presents 100 Years of Magic to commemorate Walt Disney's 100th anniversary. In 2006, Ice Follies expanded to form High School Musical on Ice, which toured for three years. Other shows would include The Incredibles in 2007, Finding Nemo in 2008, and Disney Princesses in 2009. In 2011, Disney on Ice brought fans to the world of fantasy with Disney's most magical lands like Cars, Triton's Kingdom, Andy's Bedroom, and Pixie Hollow. In 2016, Disney on Ice Presents Frozen debuted, quickly becoming one of the most popular Disney on Ice shows ever. The show was brought to life with special effects which included a projection canopy that would light the ice with Elsa's powers. 2021 marked the 40th year of Disney on Ice. The 2021-2022 season includes tours in the United States, UK, and Abu Dhabi. These shows are titled Let's Celebrate, Dream Big, Mickey's Search Party, Mickey and Friends, 
into the magic and find your hero. Joe, you know what these remind me of? What's that? Just thinking about like looking at the pictures and and the titles and stuff like that. It's kind of like the shows that you see on the cruise ship. If you think about it, they tie in songs and characters, but it's like it's a unique um, story that they say Mm -hmm. all in, you know, a half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like more in one, though, you know, on the ship, it's kind of like they focus on one story. Right. Right. But think about, okay, so then here's my next question mm-hmm. is you're a, you're a princess, right? You're a, you're a face character at Disney on ice. So you have to skate and perform. Are you singing as well? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Take a lot out of you. I don't think they're singing because it's it, at some point it said they're, they're um, skating to audio, but I'm not sure if that's the, like, if that's audio when they're supposed to be talking to each other or if that's singing. I don't think they sing. That would be a lot. I can't imagine that they could is my point. Because as we get into the quick fire, quick facts here, you know, the the costumes are like really heavy. And this thing about this, it's hard to skate in the first place, right? It's it's like hard to skate. Well, I mean, for the average person, it's hard to skate. Can you imagine, imagine skating with a 40 pound costume like on you also, right? It's crazy. on ice sounds pretty dangerous. So yeah, they're still they're touring this year. So someone was curious if they start touring. They're they have tours going on in 2022. Maybe I'll go for research. Oh, that'd be good. You could write it off. That's true. Uh, we already did me, an episode company, on it. Send me the company card, Joe. Uh, now the really? IRS. If the IRS listens to this, then they're going to know now that you just said that. We could just <laughs> said it was for a future episode. All right. Well, well. <laughs> we can drop this later. We have to do another one we'll, to we'll drop this week. Out. We can do. Uh, one of the things that Scott brought up from the No New Friends podcast was he said that we should do the history. We should have done the history on Full House, an episode where they went to Disney. This was uh, this Disney on Ice was super fitting um, because the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, are like a couple weeks away. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy? I heard that the other day. I was like, what? Yeah, I forgot because the the last the Summer Olympics were pushed back a year, so we had mm-hmm. they have essentially two Olympics in one year. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. The Winter Olympics coming up. Uh, and the Winter Olympics are cool. I like the Winter Olympics. Love curling. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. Disney on Ice has been seen by over 320 million guests in 68 countries and performed in more than 41 different languages. Hundreds of thousands of Swarovski crystals are set by hand on approximately 173 costumes used for the show. In just one tour, Disney on Ice travels 13,860 miles. Some of the costumes can weigh up to 40 pounds. Disney on Ice is the largest employer of professional figure skaters in the world. There have been 72,000 performances of Disney on Ice in the past 40 years. Each show uses over 100 props. It takes 13 containers to transport the Disney on Ice production. Each cast member will use between one to five costumes per night. It takes 20 crew members working 14 hours to set up the Disney on Ice production. Some large numbers there. Yeah, it is. I mean, I can't believe that it is the largest employer of professional figure skaters in the world. That's pretty cool. I don't, you know, I don't think about that. Like, what do Olympic gold medalists do for their day job? Instead of saying, I'm going to Disney World, it's going to be, I'm working for Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We here at Diz-His think Disney on Ice is a fantastic show. The skills and storytelling performed during each of these shows are amazing. 
the shows are able to bring Disney magic all around the world, allowing families to enjoy the Disney performances and see the Disney stars. Dreaming of a Disney vacation? If you aren't able to go enjoy the resorts, then get yourself some three Cheeky Chicks wax melts. Studies show smells help bring forward memories, so these smells are a must-have if you want to put yourself back at these grand resorts. Go to MagicallyScented.com to order scents like Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's an earthy smell with sage, lemon, and lime. There is a Port Orleans French Quarter, which has fragrance of flowers, cotton, mandarin blossoms, freesia, and peonies. The Wilderness Lodge Melt smells of mahogany, blood orange, red pepper, sage, cognac, bourbon vanilla, golden amber, tonka bean, and sandalwood. The Vero Beach Melt will transport you with its orange blossom, star jasmine, velvet roses, and greens. Just visit MagicallyScented.com and use promo code DizHiz20 to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by Three Cheeky Chicks. That's Three Cheeky Chicks at MagicallyScented.com, promo code DizHiz20. That's Three Cheeky Chicks at MagicallyScented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. This is this is Review. Review. Okay, guys. So you guys ready to D plus? Uh, this week was Christopher Robin. Uh, have we all seen Christopher Robin? Talking about fi- uh, wait, <laughs> which Christopher Robin was it? The this one with, one uh, with uh, Ewan, Ewan Kenobi? McGregor. Okay, yeah, yes, Obi Wan. Yes, yes, yes. I love that movie actually. Yeah, that movie generated one of my favorite memes of all times. <laughs> which one? Which one? It's the one. Um, it's Pooh standing up on the counter, and he says something like. I have General Kenobi. I have the high ground or something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about Goodbye, Christopher Robin, which is an equally good movie. Uh, a lot darker of a Disney movie. It's not a Disney movie. It's about the That's creation. Johnny Depp? No, it's it's actually not. Uh, it's it's about the creation of Winnie the Pooh. Um, Winnie the Pooh was created after uh, World War One. He had, uh, mm-hmm. the, the creator had what they called shell shock. It was PTSD that was undiagnosed back then. And he wrote um, Winnie the Pooh to bring joy to the world because the whole, the world is a really dark place. It was a really cool movie. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch it, you should. But Christopher Robin, very lighthearted movie. It is. And Emily loves uh, Winnie the Pooh. So we saw it on opening night. And uh, oh, we both you really did? enjoyed it. Yeah, we both really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, we really enjoyed it, too. I was really surprised how much I was going to enjoy it, but it was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. I liked it a lot. I'm not a big Pooh fan. Yeah. No? No, I'm not. I don't like Pooh. We so in my son's bedroom before my son was born, my wife, you know, she's an art teacher and she she you know, she's an artist. And so she we have Winnie the Pooh. She painted Winnie the Pooh up on the wall. So it's like Winnie the Pooh. There's Piglet, you know, up on the wall. And uh, so we do like Winnie the Pooh here. And, you know, it's just a really cool story of how, you know, growing up, you kind of lose that. You lose that childhood like, you know, pr- uh, thought process, I guess you can say. and. You know, that's what the movie's about. It's kind of an adult kind of getting that back, right? Yep. It's definitely yeah. a feel-good movie. Yeah. So let's go ahead and give this, uh, let's give it a rating, right? We got the rubric in. Alex, oh, you want to go ahead and uh, read it? Read us the rubric for the movie? 
Sure, we'll do a quick rubric. So the first one is how good is the story? How good is the story it tells? How good is it telling the story of Winnie the Pooh? Of course, three being the best, two being great, one being good, and zero being disappointing. Joe? Uh, I'm going to give it a two. I wouldn't say it's one of the best. It's definitely great, right? But there's so many Winnie the Pooh stories. Of course, I mean, if you're going to talk about Winnie the Pooh, one of the best is probably going to be the original Winnie the Pooh, like the cartoon, right? Uh-huh. But I definitely think this is a great one. This is probably one of my, the better ones uh, for sure. Uh, Jen? Yeah, I would say too. Um, you know, it's a it's a likable movie, but it's not one of the ones where I'm sitting there going, "What am I going to do tonight? Let me watch a movie." Oh, let me watch that one. So, Chris, yeah, I agree with both of them. Number, it's a two for me too. And I'm also going to say a two because I think it's a good one. It's different. I'd say it's different than the the cartoon you're saying because it's a different perspective, right? Sure. Yep. So it's different on that point, but it is a, it is good. Uh, two. Is it timeless? Do you think this movie can stand the test of time, uh, Joe? Of course, man. This is this is definitely timeless. Winnie the Pooh. This is a story that's gonna be told, and just like it's kind of like very Chris. You know, he brought up the other Christopher Robin story, right? And there, it's still almost the same story in a way. I would say, where this is someone who's just gotten back from the war. You know, is kind of reliving. You know, he's trying to kind of get that memory of him as a kid back in his childhood. You know. I think there's a lot more to it that you can look into with this story. So yes, I do. I do think it's timeless. I give it a three. Jen, uh, I'm gonna go with a two again on this one. I like the movie. I it's just like like I said, not one of my tops. So we'll go two. Chris, I'm gonna give it a two because I think that the live action uh, is a, is a trend. I think that's like what's really uh, in right now. So I don't think it, it will withstand the test of time. I think it's someday this will be dated because um, it, obviously we did a live action because that's what's in today. So I, I don't think that's going to be in, you know, necessarily in the future. So I'd give that a two. Okay. And I, and I would also give it a two because I don't think, I think if I watch it 10 years from now, it'd still be good. Like quality wise and story wise, it's not going to be terrible just because I'm watching it 10 years from now. And then uh, third is how badly do you want to watch it again, Joe? Uh, too excited. Okay, Jen. Uh, one. I'm. I, it's if it's there. Chris, I give it a one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. Yeah, I'm give it a one as well. And then of course, Joe's favorite part, a magic point. <laughs> Joe, would you give it a magic point? Of course, I'm gonna give anything Winnie the Pooh magic point. Anything that's Winnie the Pooh magic point. Jen. <laughs> no, I'm good. Chris. I give it a magic point. Just a lot of uh, I, I liked Winnie the Pooh growing up, and Emily's favorite character is Winnie the Pooh. So I'd uh, a lot of he my my family used to call me Christopher Robin when I was little. So it's got it's definitely definitely warrants a magic point. Did they really? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. My cousin still calls me Christopher Robin. Yeah. Oh, oh wow, that's so cool. I didn't know you're blonde. Okay, tallying up the scores. Let me put these through the calculator. A lot of numbers I got to work with here. So Jen and I both gave it a five. Wait, that can't be right. Yeah, yeah, we both we, gave it a five. We tied. We tied. We both gave it a five. Wow. And Joe and Chris both gave it an eight. An eight? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I would have given it. Yeah. Two, four, five. I gave it a six. You gave it a, a two, a two, Wait, a one, really? and a one. I gave it a six. Yes. I can't do math. Yes. <laughs> I think a six out of ten is a very fair, uh, very fair rating for this. If with decimals, I probably give it like a six, five, six, eight out of ten. Maybe a seven, two. At the highest. Nah, I think 6.8. 6.8 is the peak for this movie. 
Hey, this is AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club, where between January 17th and 23rd, we'll be watching the Pixar movie, Cars. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. And I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms with new episodes every Sunday. See you there. Check us out on Weeby Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebyGeeksBC.com. That's WeebyGeeksBC.com and listen to all the other awesome podcasts as well as Diz Is. wants to know. Hey guys, happy new year. Here's a new Niels wants to know. Walt Disney World has a lot. Parks, rides, resorts, restaurants, snacks, shops, transportation, and so on. But what is really missing in your opinion? It could be anything. Something big, something small. Let's hear your thoughts. Oh man, what is Disney missing? That's a good Too question. Too broad of a question. Disney World. Too broad of a mm-hmm. question. What is mm-hmm. Disney World missing? That's funny, Adam. Adam in chat says a bus service to the airport. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that funny. What are they missing? Let's think about it for a minute. Um, <laughs> what are they missing? Well, you have people who would say they're missing alcohol because they don't have alcohol in all their parks. They do have it the some only places. park it doesn't have alcohol is Magic Kingdom, and don't they serve wine at be our um, be our guest? You just can't walk around. Disneyland. They serve, yeah, and they serve wine at the Italian restaurant too, at Magic Kingdom. Oh yeah, okay. Let's see, what do they not have? I think I, I, if I could say anything, I would say I think they're missing better nighttime hours. I feel like if the parks were open later, it would be cool. Uh, having like a, because I heard years ago the parks used to be open until around midnight. Yeah, they used to be open really that, late. Yeah, I think that that's what they're missing out on. I think that um. I, what else? I, I, the only other like obnoxious thing I could say is another park. Yeah, later hours that turn into like a what was it called when you go bowling? You know, really late. What is it? What is that time period called? Twilight. Um, uh, twilight. twilight? Or something? No, no, no. Twilight bowl. No, Talking about Twilight bowl. Glow, glow bowling. Cos- cosmic, cosmic bowling. Cosmic bowling. If they had cosmic good. hours, or like between the hours of eleven and one, they like go rave style. Well, did you mm-hmm. see New Year's Eve at Epcot? Me and Emily want to go so badly now. Why? That looked like so. Oh my gosh! There was all these like uh, outdoor clubs set up at all the different countries, and there were all these stages. They had a silent disco. It looked amazing. They had more silent events like discos that. are funny. I know. I did one before. It was. It was uh, so funny. So funny. It's almost more fun to just watch than stand it is on the outside and watch. <laughs> yes. Um, Tara kind of took what I was going to say. Uh, adult adult content or adult yeah. you know like I'm so sad that Pleasure Island is completely gone when I'm at a point in my life where that I would have really enjoyed all of that like the Adventurers Club and everything bring stuff like that back you know like a supper club or you know a, I don't want to call it a murder mystery Disneyfy it however you want but you you know what I mean like adult yeah. only 
activities like that, I really think that is something that is lacking and there's a great potential for it. I agree with you. And that's yeah. what I, I was going to say. So I'm going to have to think of something else now. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to think of something else. If you can't think of anything, it's you know, fine. I'm, I, no, I got something. I got something I want to say. Alex, you have something? I do not. Okay. So what I want to see is I want to see something that's kind of like, um, like uh, sea related, I guess you can say. Almost like a sea world, but Disney-fied it. You mean like much, a right? Disney sea? Uh, like a Disney sea. Yeah, I do want to see like a Disney sea. But I want to see it here in the states i guess you can say right so i want to see something that kind of you know for oceans that that's disney you know it'd be they have a really great they have characters that can go into the parks like nemo can be like you know something that's like the star of the show uh that's what i want to see though i don't think disney sea has what you're talking about you're talking about like as if it's almost like an aquarium yep i want to see like an aquarium almost yeah in a like way. disney you mean, aquarium you mean like 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 ryan said like the seas with nemo yeah so but i want a whole Epcot? park yeah, I want a whole park like that. I want like a with, Sea World, dude, but Disney. Like with I want a Sea World, but Disney. You want enslaved time, aquatic animals? But, oh my gosh! You guys are giving me a hard time on my pick that you stole, Jen. You stole my pick. Time out. Hard time about. Have okay. you not seen okay. Blackfish? Do you you really want to bring all that negativity to your beloved park? What does that have to be whales? Just don't Jen? do orcas. It can be like a huge aquarium. Yeah, don't do orcas. I want to see Disney does a really good. Guess what? What are you talking about? I mean, you go to Animal Kingdom, you got those animals that are in the safari there. I want to see something like that. <laughs> <laughs> when I see Disney own the Atlantic Ocean and make it a huge park. They can buy the Atlantic Ocean. Or you could go on a very expensive adventures by Disney trip to, you know, Antarctica. And then you could go and see everything in the wild. They have an Antarctica trip? They do. It is. Ooh, it looks wow. awesome. Oh, wow. Chewie just, Chewy just said $13,000. Ah. Mm -hmm. Really? Per person, right, Chewie? I'm pretty sure it's per person. Per yep. person? Mm -hmm. It's 10 days. Um, I got lightheaded for a second. <laughs> Chewie brought up a good point in the uh, Discord. Something that Disney is missing is more original attractions. And I do fear that one day uh, they're going to move more towards just mainstream character rides. And then we're going to lose things like Haunted Mansion and original just like weird ideas. Like, uh, you know, just like that. Yeah, but at that point you'll be like the old guy who's like, oh, I wish they would bring back my rides. No, but I, I would like to see different original rides moving forward i don't think we'll ever get that again like original rides yeah. that weren't tied i think to something. that time's gone yes. right i think right. you're right R but rides know, that were so ahead, popular they ended up making a movie about the ride right yeah exactly exactly yeah uh before With we Eddie hear Murphy. neil's huh, before we hear neil's i definitely do my original thing was to have something more for adults for sure here's what i'm missing and that's something small actually I would love to see more shopping possibilities with collectibles like Funko Pops, comics, Disney parks and history books, maybe even CDs, movies, movie posters. I feel that most places to shop are more for kids or family and not enough for grown-up collectors and fans like me. Now we're talking about shopping. Do you know where the Sith Lords from Star Wars go shopping? No? Well, at the Darth Mall. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A merchandise area, like a... Star Wars kind of has an area like that, or at least they used to. The droid uh, factory? No, I'm talking about where they used to, where they have, where the drawing area used to be, not in the Disney area, but behind. The oh, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was the shop that was outside of. Um, it used to be animation, and yes. then they made it Launch Bay, yes. and there was a shop outside. Launch oh Bay. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that you're was right. that was more adult collector Star Wars stuff. I'd say. 
closest to what Niels was saying is I think Universal nailed that with that new tribute store that they have. Have you seen that? It was like new tribute store that they have um, like rotating themes for. I know when like Jurassic, uh, I think when the uh, Velocicoaster opened, they had like a bunch of, they had like, you know, very expensive Jurassic Park stuff and then they had less expensive, but they had, it was open to, you know, collectors like like adult collectors and then also for kids i thought if they had something like that in the disney parks that'd be really cool it was almost yeah. like that star wars store that you're talking you guys were talking about that would be a good idea a store that rotates whatever is you know top of the heap at that point yeah check us out on weeby geeks a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content just head over to weebygeeksbc.com. That's weebygeeksbc.com. And listen to all the other awesome podcasts, as well as Diz Is. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park. We have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to dizhiz.com, and on top, there's a link. So, Jen, what did you do in the world of Disney slash news? You always start with me when I have something like big. No, it's fine. I have. I actually have stuff. I well, some people probably saw in chat, but I spent the weekend at the Disney Marathon and probably saw, oh, I don't know, maybe 50,000 people over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, not individually, but yes. So we're sure Darkwing Duck. I did see Darkwing oh, Duck. That yeah. was exciting. That was so awesome. He was, me- he was messing with us until the runners came because he was probably like 100 feet in front of us. So he would just kind of like motion at us and because we're all set up. So the background is I'm a nurse. And so for about six years now, I've done medical team for the run Disney events um, and basically, you know, first aid for the runners and things like that. And so this weekend was marathon weekend. So um, some of my fellow nurse friends and I were out there and stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge and, you know, just kind of work the races. Uh, Lots of fun. Definitely um, recommended is just something to do a way to give back to, um, you know, the racing community. They're super, super appreciative of any help that you give them. It's just it's fun. It's a good weekend. So um, but yeah, we were there on the actual marathon day. Darkwing Duck was about 100 feet in front of us. And so that was kind of cool because you see all of these grown men and women, you know, setting up a medical tent, getting things all ready, you know, for someone to drop in front of us or heaven forbid what else happens. And then Darkwing Duck comes out. And so, and and everybody turns into a little kid again. Like (laughs) we just like the whole course tent team basically just went running for the character. (laughs) So, so that was cool. And then. And you ate at Geyser Point. We did. We ate at Geyser Point. Uh, Good meal. Had a bison burger and the, um, what is it? It's the, um, I can't think of what it is. It's the dip with the chips and it's um, brisket. That's what it is. The brisket dip. Delicious. And one of my favorite drinks on property is at Geyser Point and it's a black cherry mule and they are delightful. So I love mules. $14 a drink, but they're really good. (laughs) It better be. Yeah, for $14. <laughs> so, 
we did that. And then that segues into the funny thing. So every year you see all these people running past you and you know, they're all different ages, all different, um, sizes. I mean, you, you see younger than you, older than you. And so you sit there and you watch these people running and you go, why am I not a runner? Why can't, why am I not doing this? Especially for the marathon. I mean, I saw all kinds of people that were, are running 26.2 miles and I'm sitting here and I'm not (laughs) even doing anything. Boy, I just feel like ridiculous. So then I hatched this crazy idea and dragged Joe into it. So go ahead, Joe, tell them what we're doing. Yeah, we're going to be running a 5K, a virtual 5K, the Everest 5K. So if you guys want to go ahead and join us, and if you're listening right now, whenever any of our listeners or Patreon members uh, go to Run Disney, go ahead and sign up for the 5K virtual race. And we, so yeah, we're going to be doing that. When is it, Jen? Like in March or something? It's the end of March. So we have to run March 31st. So basically it's running in tandem with the event. There's a, the... Next run is the Princess Half Marathon Weekend. And then after that, there's a new one this year called the Spring Surprise. And so the 5K is, if you're doing it at the park, which I'm sad that we missed out on this, it's a run slash scavenger hunt. So that would have been kind of neat. Yeah, that would have been kind of neat to do. Um, But it is sold out. And so the uh, alternative to that was doing the virtual 5K. So um, Joe and his wife and I at this point are signed up to do it. And yeah, we would definitely love to... uh, get a team going here and cheer each other on and do that all together. Can I work the medical tent? You can. All right. Sweet. I heard, I heard Darkwing Duck will be there. <laughs> Chris is dressing up as Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I still have the, co- I still have the costume. See, Actually, I Darkwing, said... Darkwing Goose was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm going to, um, because Joe and his wife are definitely going to be faster than I'm, though we already started training. Um, I've decided I'm going to be the balloon lady. So I am going to tie, I'm going to tie the balloon to me and I'm going to pace myself out at a 16 minute mile. So oh, I love Jen, balloon Joe, person, balloon, if, balloon person. Listen, you haven't shattered that glass ceiling yet. Okay. And I did it's some coming. research. It's coming one day. I did some research. It's really hard to be a balloon lady. I'm just saying. Wow. We have to do the history on balloon people. Yeah. So uh, anything else, Jen? No, that's it. Oh, I watched. Um, did you? None of you guys watched uh, Book of Boba. I did. Right? Not yet. Not tonight's yet. No, no. Oh, no, not, not tonight's, tonight's yet. No, no, okay. No. I really can't wait to hear what your guys' opinion is on this week. I'll probably have to what see it, it by what? next week because I'm wa- is it I watched good or is it uh, the first episode. I, did, I, I will reserve my comments until after. Um, I mean, I like. I like where this show is going. I like the characters. I like the two main characters a lot. Um, but I just want to know in particular what you think of this week's episode. Really? I think the, and the you one know. scene, you'll know when you see it. There's one scene in particular. I just want to know. Okay. Alex, we are rooming. We can watch it maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I, well, I watched, uh, I watched the first episode and I, I've seen a little bit of the second episode. I watched the first episode. I haven't watched the second one yet or the new one. So we can watch them though. Yeah. I'll be down for that. Also yeah. this week in Disney, I... So actually, no, that's the only thing I had this week in Disney is watching an episode of Book of Boba. What do you think of it? You like it? Yeah, I like it so far. Uh, okay. I had to watch it in two sittings because I fell asleep halfway through the first time. <laughs> and like I said, I haven't finished the second episode. I fell asleep in that one. Okay. How about you, Chris? 
there's a lot of watching for me this week. So uh, Emily and I are watching the Book of Boba Fett together. And we were all so after the first episode, we I said to Emily, said, we got to finish The Mandalorian. And so wait, 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 hold on. Two. You haven't finished The Mandalorian? No, I have. But she never she, oh. I, I rewatched it with her because I watched it when they first come out. I can't okay. wait for her. And I watch it again with her. So uh, she didn't think she'd like Mandalorian at first. And then I was like, listen, there's this little, little baby Yoda thing. You go, you're going to love it. So <laughs> so um, so anyway, so we 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 binge watched uh, Mandalorian season two uh, in between Book of Boba Fett. And in, in the second episode, this is not really there's no spoilers. But in the second episode of Book of Boba Fett, it ta- it, it shows more of the origin of, of the th- the weapon that he uses in the Mandalorian. So we uh, we watched that episode of Book of Boba Fett and then we watched, um, you know, the rest of Mandalorian season two. And then when Boba Fett comes with that weapon, it's kind of like cool to see that again. And then she understood what it was. So that was fun. Uh, she loved and hated the ending of uh, season two of Mandalorian. The last three episodes of season two is, are a masterpiece. It, it, it mm-hmm. could be a movie. It's so good. That Bill Burr episode is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, great. He's great in that, in that I show. Know. He's, He's great. great in that show. So good. So good. I'm just uh, so confused. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. They just leave him on that. I know. I like, know. Oh. I always said the same thing. She's like, so they, they could have they put him anywhere. They just left him here. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched uh, Boba Fett and Mandalorian. And then we watched Encanto this week, too. Nice. And it was it was a good movie. I, I don't think the music is uh, a really re-listenable. Like, it, I don't even know what the word is. There's a couple songs that you could definitely re-listen to a bunch. Uh, hey, Chris, hold, under on, pressure, hold on. Chris. And, go ahead. Go ahead. It's now, it's in the top like forty. Jen and I looked this up because I I didn't really believe it either. You know, right? But uh-huh. the under pressure, what is that like fourth in the top forty? Surface pressure, and that one's number fourteen. And we don't talk about Bruno is number three. Yeah, those two songs. Very, I I've I've been re-listening to those songs nonstop. But a lot of the other music, like like when I watched Moana for the first time, I really listen, I re-listened to a lot of the songs. Um, I don't know what other movies, recent Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. but this one, I didn't find myself like wanting to re-listen to a lot of the songs. Only those two songs, which is fine because they're really good songs. But uh, I was I was kind of hoping for because the the opening song was really good not not something that I'd listen to all the time but that opening song you can tell that it's Lin Manuel Miranda it was really cool it's like his style and I I really liked the movie it um it was a good movie for sure it was it was a cool original story uh, yeah I, I liked it a lot I don't really have a lot of bad things to say about it it wasn't a perfect movie but it was really good and really enjoyable and the music was fun it's just not something I've listened to all the time except for those two songs I was listening to them all day today and ever since I watched the movie Under Pressure is so good so good I love that song. So when you start ending up, um, you know, because our computers, our little FBI agents and our computers, you know, they're watching everything that we're doing and they send us suggestions. So of course, because that has been our obsession in the house, we, um, I get little thingies. I see little thingies coming by on my social media about different aspects of the movie or Easter eggs or things like that. And one of the things that was pointed out that was pretty cool was, um, you know, the whole villain aspect of it and just, it just completely different, um, a a complete deviation from your typical Disney movie. And maybe that's, what's making it so good that it's somewhat relatable to some extent. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, what's making it so popular. And those two songs in particular, well, we don't talk about Bruno is just catchy. I mean, you just can't get it out of your head. Mm surface pressure resonates with so many people yes Mm -hmm. for sure and that's what makes it stick so my favorite character in the movie out of ever out of all the people with all their 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 powers and everything my favorite character was the little boy who couldn't stop drinking the coffee 
<laughs> yeah. you? Is that you? <laughs> that that that's uh that's me on some most days. But um that was so funny. And then at the end when they're he's working on something and he has the bigger cup of coffee, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah, character's <laughs> funny. Yeah, good movie though. I I really liked it. I like I like the message that um that it sent to. It's like just be yourself, you know. Oh, you is that the message? Super strength, or I, I would go out on a limb and say. say I thought it was yeah, a. Looks... I thought it was try to get your town to help you build a house. Um, that was a. I actually started. Yeah, that was the second message I was reading on uh the uh, IMDb summary of the movie, and that was the second message. Let me know how that goes for you, Alex. You guys didn't ask what I did. No, it's okay. We already know. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do this week, Joe? Okay, so of course I signed up for the Run Disney event. Uh, I watched Muppets Most Wanted. Ryan, you know, he's been bugging me to watch it for like, you know, forever. And he guilted me into watching it. And I'm very pleasant, pleasantly surpri- surprised. Not really surprised. I knew I was going to like it, right? Because I like the Muppets. Um, I didn't think I was going to like it this mu- that much. Um, I definitely like the first, mu- like the newer Muppet movie better, uh, but this one's just as good. It's just super funny, you know. It has the stupid jokes in it. Uh, it's just very, it's charming. It's like a charming movie. And it's just, it's, it's funny. It's hilarious. Um, I love Tina Fey. Like Tina Fey is a great actress, and she's a great comedian. I love her in the movie. It's, it's a, it's a good movie. If you haven't watched Muppets Most Wanted, I definitely recommend you watch it. I think we should go ahead and probably do the history on the two new Muppet movies for sure. Maybe individually, I'm not sure how much history is going to be on it. I really like how it picked up right at the end of the other first movie. It was like, you know, pretty much picked up right at the end of the first movie, right into the second movie, which was really, really cool. Really? Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it. No, it's pretty no. dude. It's pretty good, man. If you want, if you want to watch something that's silly and just laugh, you know, and this, the, the jokes are just stupid, right? But they're stupid funny and you're just going to giggle at them and you're going to be like, that's, this is this Muppet humor. It's great. Uh, so definitely go ahead and check out that. I definitely recommend you watch it if you want to watch something silly, Alex. Yeah. Also, I'm going to Animal Kingdom. Well, and this show airs, and I've already been to Animal Kingdom. But I am going to go to Animal Kingdom. I'm going to bring my sunscreen because even though it's going to be a little chilly in Florida, right? It's about 15 degrees hotter in, at Animal Kingdom, so I'm going to make sure I bring my sunscreen. You know, smart man. Yeah. You're learning. Um, so that's pretty much it. Other than that, you know, just uh, we we got a bunch of. Disney merchandise. I found my Disney Goof Troop Mac- Magic Band, so I can't go ahead wait to wear my Magic Band nice. to the parks. My Goof Troop Magic Band, and uh, can't wait to be go out there this weekend. That's pretty much it. Chris, uh, what's coming up on the No New Friends podcast? Uh, you could tell me, uh, Joe, because you were on this week. It's uh, me, you, and Scott. Remember Bob Saget? Um, yeah, we, we talk about, about we talk about robots. We did. We and, did talk about robots and. Um, I, I think I, I think the main thing was really uh, reflecting on Bob Saget. That was that was kind of fun to do because uh, that was a terrible, terrible loss. And uh, it was yep. just nice to kind of reflect back on his career. So, yeah, it was a really fun episode, as because, usual, when you're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It, w- it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we, we talk about on this show, we talk about Tom Hanks being America's dad, right? Bob Saget was really America's dad at one point. I mean, we grew up and we watched Full House, you know. And he was like the perfect dad, you know, just taking care of his kids and always gave that, you know, uh, he was always at the very end of the show, kind of giving that talk to the kids, whatever, the moral support, you know, whatever. But he was really America's dad. And uh, yeah, it's sad that we lost uh, Bob Saget for sure. So that's the his on Disney on Ice. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.
Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHiz65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHiz. made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.